0: hey what's going on welcome to talking football with ray and believe it or not my name is ray and i'm going to be the one talking football with you before we cut to the show you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men so sit back relax don't take yourself too serious and let's have a little bit of fun in five four three two one zero what's going on everybody Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray, and that means I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Now, we're not planning on jumping through any tables today, but we will be joined by my guy Mario over from hashtag sports on this frigid, snowy Wednesday, December the 8th, 2021. If it's not snowing where you are, well, I hate you. If I have to suffer through the cold, then you have to suffer through the cold. Guys, I'm still dealing with this virus uh trying to get my strength back here i'm hoping to be back on patreon tomorrow creating that exclusive content but for the moment um i'm not even keeping up with my normal workload however i'm gonna gut out this podcast because that's just the kind of guy that i am Tonight we're gonna be chopping it up about a lot of different things gonna get mario's take on how bad a sean mcdermott made himself look this week was jamal adams the worst trade or at least a top 10 Will Bears players be getting after Aaron Rodgers for the I still own you comments? Do the Vikings deserve to be favorites on Thursday night football versus Steelers, or am I just overvaluing everything that happened this weekend? We did our fan poll of the day. I didn't really ask will the Bills make the playoffs. that was one of the options, but I wanted to know how you thought they're going to get into the playoffs, if so. And I'm really interested to see what uh, Mario has to say about all of this stuff, and I'm sure you are too. So here's what we're going to do now, okay? I'm going to play a pre recorded ad spot. So you're going to hear about my sponsors over at Symbol. And when we come back from the break, we will start the Talking Football podcast with Ray. Hey guys, let me just take a few seconds here and tell you about my sponsors over on Symbol. If you've thought about investing in the stock market, but you're worried about making an investment because maybe you don't know enough about investing, or perhaps you're just not ready to put your money into crypto, why not invest into something you know all about, and that's the sports market. Symbol brilliantly combines sports betting and investment into all in one place. On Symbol, you can invest in your favorite teams like the New England Patriots or take a long-term investment on teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Show your sports know-how by buying, trading, and selling shares in all of your favorite college, NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA teams. You can also earn money for every win. You can invest in-season or out-of-season. It's up to you. Buy small, sell big. This is not some week-by-week gambling site where you can drop a wager on one game. This is your chance to be in it for the long haul. Be cautious. Be aggressive. Be a homer. It doesn't matter. Symbol is there for you to find the value and try to make you money. Symbol is offering an absolutely crazy promotion that I think they're insane for offering. However, click the link that I've left in the description and use the promo code DPN and Symbol will allow you to make a completely risk-free deposit up to $500. Use the promo code DPN and your deposit will be risk-free for 90 days, meaning if you lose money don't like the market, don't like the website, whatever reason, you can withdraw your entire initial deposit no matter what. So go check out what I think is the coolest gambling and investing site in the world. I've left the link to the Symbol website in the description below, so I suggest you go check it out and show the world your sports know-how and how savvy of an investor you really are. Go check out Symbol by using the link that I've left in the description and make sure that you use that promo code and that promo code DPN and make a 90-day risk-free deposit for up to $500. And we're back here live on Talking Football with Ray. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. And, of course, you can find the content from all over the Internet. Find me on YouTube, Twitter, Newsbreak, (sighs) Patreon, all of the podcast networks, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, The podcast and the blogs over at deanblundell.com. You can find my man, Maria, over there, over at the hashtag sports YouTube page. Make sure you check out both my YouTube channels, Talking Football with Ray and NFL News with Ray. Make sure to come check out my content on the Ray Route Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Links are in the threads and descriptions. No matter how you're watching, listening to this show, make sure you hit that like button. If you haven't done already, follow me on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on the podcast. Totally forgot, we're also live on Facebook. You can subscribe over there. Mario, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing okay. It's 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 funny to hear the stark contrast between your opening and then the the promo spot where you had a healthy voice and you felt a little bit better, and now you're just <laughs> back to all right. Thank you. Follow me at all my socials, and you know, you sound I, I'm like laboring. The, you I'm sound laboring. like the manager from Major League.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm fucking laboring here, man. It's uh, I'm like I said, I'm gutting this out. You're I'm trooper, behind. Man. I'm behind. I haven't delivered on fucking Dean Bondell. I haven't delivered on Newsbreak. I, I've got a couple videos up. I didn't even write a blog today. Like, I'm just this. I tried to work this morning, and my boss just, like, and I worked from home today, and she just, like, at 11 o'clock was like, take the rest of the day off. Like, you're useless to me right now. <laughs> so
1: I was I'd like... I like to say that to some of the Bills players on uh, Monday.
0: So I was like, alright, cool. Well, thank you. Thanks for the words of encouragement. <laughs> so I'm hoping that uh you know they say four to five days is the peak, right? And today is day five since I started this. Whatever I have, and yeah. I'm just, ho- I'm hoping that by tomorrow I maybe start to subside a little bit. You know, start to feel a little yeah. bit better. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to see how, how the cookie crumbles. But for now, I'm here. I'm alive. And um, my voice might be shaky, but I think I can pull this off for the next 30, 40 minutes, whatever we got here. Yep. And uh, I want to start with a little bit of Buffalo Bills talk, if you're okay with it. Um, Do that. I'm going to start by playing the Sean McDermott press conference, yep. just uh, about a minute, a clip of it. Um, I'm going to pre, before we get into it, and, and everybody knows once the banners up, it turns PG. I was... I don't want to say a fan of Sean McDermott, but I liked Sean McDermott. I thought that he was a fucking solid guy. Uh, the way he was out there holding J.C. Jack or uh, Tredavious White's hand when he was injured and, and all that kind of shit. Um, you know, he looked like a little bit of a gin-soaked, angry leprechaun on Monday night when he was screaming at the refs and whatever. But you know what? Belichick gets on refs. Coaches do that. I didn't hold that shit against him. But then he kind of sounded like a little bit of a whiner. For the last couple of days and talking about the advantage of the wind, as if the Patriots had the wind advantage over the Buffalo Bills. Like that was uh hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. He talked about the wind definitely being a factor and leaning in the advantage of the Patriots. And I was like, Well, build a better team then if fucking things like elements are going to um if elements are going to affect you. And I, I don't know. I, I just I was disappointed, I should say. And uh, he's been getting roasted on the national media, he's been getting Patriots media has been roasting him, and for the most part, um, Patriots media usually sides with opposing coaches. They hate Bill Belichick. You know what I mean? They would they would gladly build uh, Belichick, but it was funny because as experts, analysts, players from around the league were all saying Belichick just sealed his deal for coach of the year. Yeah, but McDerm- McDermott came out and said, "Well, let's not give him too much credit for this game." So. Um, I, I, my argument is, you know, tell me the coach that has the balls to have their quarterback throw three times. You know what I mean? Because if they lose that game, you got to understand what the narrative is going to be all week in New England. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's listen to the, cl- so this is right after the game Monday night. Let's listen to the clip that we got here. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let's just listen to the clip. Don't worry. Actually, I'm not going to show the video because I don't know if I can, but I just want to listen to yeah, the I audio. Would. So
1: yeah.
0: I'll share it and I'll just, I'll bury it and we'll just listen to the audio. Uh, let's do that. So let me just bring this back. Or anybody else, they beat us. Let's not give more credit than we need to give credit to Bill Belichick in this one. It was, um, whether it's Bill or anybody else, they beat us, right? But you sit here and you tell me when they start with the average starting, when we start with the average starting field, position of the 40 yard line and he starts with the 23 yard line and I'm rounding up in both cases and we were one for four in the red zone and they were zero for one in the red zone. You give me that ahead of time. I'm saying I like my chances. I like my chances. So it's not, I don't think with all due respect, it's not a bill Belichick type thing. It's what are you doing with the opportunities you got? What are you doing with the opportunities you got? We turn the ball over at the plus 30 some yard line. Sloppy football, sloppy football. So, uh, I'm very comfortable in that situation. Okay. So let me talk a little bit about my thoughts on, on what Sean McDermott said, and then I'll get your opinion on it. Right. Because he talks about, he no, no, but he talks about the field position, which I think that even you can look at and it, know it's skewed by the fact of A lot of that field position came in the first quarter when that wind was howling and Jake Bailey couldn't kick it more than 15 yards. So it's not like your game plan put the Patriot put the Bills in, in field position. He talks about the turnover as of like, look, we gifted one of the Patriots where the only touchdown the Buffalo Bills scored came off Nikhil Harry fielding a punt with his face. Right. And that that was the only touchdown the Bills were able to score. Um, as I've said in the past, I think Bill Belichick is the only coach that would show the fortitude to say, I'm going to throw the football three times. And I've said to everybody that I believe if the bills would have scored, he would have let him throw the ball, but the bills never put him in a position that he had to veer from the game plan. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say it. I feel like for those elements, a, the players and the coaches on the Patriots seem more prepared for that game. like I, I feel like the Patriots showed up on the field and Belichick looked at Josh and said, throw the game plan out. This wind is insane. We're going to run the football. How much? Oh, yeah. No, no. We're All we're going to do is run the football. Mac mm-hmm. is going to, you know, let's sit. Mac, he, they could have sat Mac and, and, and played Brian Hoyer all night and just handed off the football.
1: <laughs> Judon said something like that. He said, yeah. everybody but Mac.
0: <laughs> Mac. Everybody but Mac. is all he did was hand off. So, I don't know. To me, this is this seemed a lot like sour grapes. And then somebody reminded me when I was talking about this the other day, that when Buffalo beat the Patriots in Buffalo last year, when Cam Newton fumbled the football, you know, at the 10 yard Mm -hmm. line and, Mm -hmm. and he goes, I'm going to go home and I'm going to enjoy this one for a few hours. And there seems to be, it's almost as if the Belichick and the Patriots, it almost reminds me of Rex Ryan in a way. And I'm not comparing McDermott to Rex Ryan, but he it's, that's the game circled on the calendar you know? And I think, so it sounded like sour grapes to me, number one. And then number two, I want to ask you a, I'm going to say defend your coach or call them out. I'm going to give you the option to do as you please. And then number two, is that not the wrong mentality? Because this was your division coming into this season, meaning the Buffalo bills, you should have the mentality of they're chasing us, not the other way around. And this almost seemed like sour grapes, like, you know, we got beat by by the Patriots again. So I'm going to – I know it's a division. I know it's personal. I know it's this. Oh, no. But McDermott seemed like a very different guy on Monday night. And I want to turn it over to you and, give again, give you the chance to defend, maybe do both, or just
1: uh, agree with me. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, I don't know if it's so much sour grapes. I mean, we've seen – well, it, maybe you haven't seen it being a Patriots fan, but coaches routinely will – Send messages to their team through the press conferences. We've seen Bill Parcells do it. We've seen you know other coaches of that mold try to send a message to their team through the press conferences. Uh, up until when the when the Buffalo Bills beat the Pats on that Cam Newton fumble, I, I don't think he's beaten them. So you, to finally get a win against the King, you know uh, of the Mountaintop was was big. Even though you know twelve had left town, I mean it it was a big thing for the Buffalo Bills because last year nobody saw them coming. This year. By the time that they played on Monday, it wasn't, it wasn't the Buffalo Bills division. I mean, it was still the past division, because they're in, they're in the lead in there. So that was, I guess that's where I just have a little bit of a disagreement. Now, is it sour grapes? In five years, I have not seen this out of Coach McDermott for his pressers. He doesn't give you anything in his pressers. You know, we there's a joke around Buffalo where they'd say, "Oh, you're going to say Sean McDermott press conference bingo." You know, was he going to say, "No, oh, we're going to try to prepare as well as we can and try to do this, try to do that." I think it could be a little bit of him hitting the panic button could be a little bit of him. Cause you got to understand the, not the embarrassment just doesn't go to the Buffalo bills organization. It, it goes to the head guy that's in charge. And what he said on there, he said, listen, maybe he's throwing a message to the offense and saying, listen, you started at the plus 40 and you do that. We said it on our post game, basically. Ray. We said on our post game, we said, listen, the, the Buffalo Bills had chances to win. It wasn't like the Patriots were overpowering, overwhelming the Buffalo Bills. There were chances in that game. And you even, you even stated in there and said, listen, that was the most stressful fourth and 14 I've ever had as a Patriots fan, because you just never know the firepower and what could happen from the Buffalo Bills. So I think the Buffalo Bills have been Jekyll and Hyde all year. I think he's tired of it. I think he's tired of the, he gets the same questions at all the press conferences. He hasn't molded himself as, as, as like say a bill belichick who's really one of a kind with those conferences to say okay if he doesn't want to answer something he's not going to answer it he's going to say you know we're on to cincinnati you know he's going to say something like that but i think maybe a little bit of hitting the panic button for for uh for mcdermott and maybe sending a message throughout his team it could sound like that from an outsider that he, maybe he was whining a little bit and i understand that but i think most mostly what he was trying to do was send a message to his team to say, hey, listen. I'm tired of taking the the bullets for you guys. You guys got to take some ownership of what happened out there on Monday night. So before we move on to our next subject, I want to
0: ask you this. I didn't see it appropriate for news break. So um, (laughs) no, no, it's not a language thing. It just, the story was kind of done at that point. But if McDermott is sending a message is, and I guess it wasn't a call out. I don't know how to explain it. Belittling or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is Bill Belichick the right guy to belittle when you're trying to send a team like when you got to play him again? Because like Belichick's the kind of guy that like posts that up in his office, right? That will no, no, no. And, I and I he'll and he'll make the next game fucking personal now, where he'll be like, I'll show you and I'll fucking out coach you all around Gillette Stadium. You know what I mean?
1: Like, yeah, it's... I mean you could you could misconstrue certain statements to, to to like if I if I if you come at it from that perspective in the in the in the, and the Patriots will have, just so you and know. they will yeah they'll use it as bulletin board material. I think. Yeah. I really th- I don't know because I didn't talk to McDermott. I think it was yeah. more of saying something like, like it's not Belichick, it's not the Patriots. We had chances to win. You could oh, no, do that. I, I get what your point is, but <laughs> is use is finally
0: doing that against a team like the Patriots, a smart team to do that against? Like, why not do that against the Colts? Like, yes, we got blown out, but it's on you know, my players didn't perform. You know what I mean? Why not do it against Jacksonville? Why wait until you play the Patriots? Who so you gotta play again now back at Gillette Stadium which a lot of people, I think yourself included, yeah. originally saw this series as a split, as a loss in Buffalo, or a win in Buffalo for the Bills, and then a win in New England for the Patriots. Yeah. So yeah. you're almost talking advantage Patriots going into that game because they're almost playing on house money now because they already won the away game, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, just just because of the history of the Patriots and what they've done to teams when when someone says something that they construed as, as a slight... I just, I don't know. For me, I'm like McDermott to me has not been this kind of guy. And I was like, you, I know you're frustrated. You really kind of picked the wrong team in the wrong moment to, to do this. You know, I remember Rex Ryan said, we're not going to kiss your rings. And the Patriots went and dropped 57 points on
1: him. You know what I yeah. mean? Just, just to yeah. send a message. Right. Well, if, like, it, I think if this loss happened week four, he's not yeah. saying anything. Okay. You're seven and five now, five and five in the conference. And you're looking up at two other teams that have a game in hand on you in the conference. Yeah. You know, you're both, you're all seven and five with the Bengals and the uh, Chargers, but they have a game in hand on you.
0: Well, and too. something, something we talked about on Monday as well, not specifically to the Bills, but now it's relevant. You, you got the Dolphins up your ass now.
1: Yes. Yes. It, it yeah. is true. But you, hold I know, I know there, I know there's tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean, if, if you guys, uh, there's a possibility, depending on what the win loss record becomes near the, the last five games for you or the last, Four five games for you. You have five games. Bills have five mm-hmm. games left, right? Mm-hmm. Patriots have mm-hmm. four. Uh the last five games, the last five games for Miami. If you go on a bit of a slide even, you know what I mean? I, I I think you and Paul said it Monday night, like you can lose to the Bucks, and that's basically it.
1: That's basically it. Yeah. That's true. And
0: I and I don't even know if losing to the Bucks is an option for you. You know, and you don't to, to well, real. you don't
1: control your fate. Yeah, the thing about the Buffalo Bills defense, which I which I echoed on Monday night, is the fact that they are built to take on Kansas City teams.
0: Okay, don't let's stop that because we're gonna yep, we're gonna yep. we're gonna get to that. So let's go to our next story here, not Bills related. So let's let's take yeah, a bit of that heat off. Absolutely. You.
1: <laughs> no, that's fine.
0: Um, so I don't know if you recall earlier in the year, the Green Bay Packers they faced the Chicago Bears, and the Chicago Bear fans were yapping at Aaron Rodgers, and he scored a touchdown, and he screams up in the crowd, "I own you." and i I thought it was brilliant i love when guys i love outspoken guys like i'm not the guy that's like just i'm not just like don't don't be you don't be humble no give me i always say to people and people like ray you're an arrogant patriot fan i'm like as soon as they give me a reason to be humble i will be humble but until then i'm not going to uh so matt Nagy's asked about it he just says uh yeah we know it we're aware of it so it's kind of that bulletin board uh Jimmy Graham comes out and says, I didn't take offense with it. We just got to stop them, you know? So they're kind of saying the right mm-hmm. things. Aaron Rodgers kind of ignites it today. He gets asked about it. He says, you know, I don't know if you can question a whole lot of what I said. If you look at the record, I have no regrets of what I said. I was saying it to the Bears fans, but look at my record. I have, he's basically, saying, I have owned him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know there's no Khalil Mack, But I'm a quarterback whose offensive line is good but can be shaky from time to time. I don't know if I want to be yapping like this as this week goes on. And I'm talking about the wrong story right now, so I'm just going to switch this over. But um, I got to ask you, do you think the Bears players are going to get after Aaron Rodgers this week?
1: I believe that. If it was a flag football game, they would be getting after Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the Bears currently sitting at 4-8 and really have nothing to lose. They're not playing for playoff hopes, aspirations. They're just trying to try to take down Aaron Rodgers. And and the official record is 20. Rodgers is 21-5 and against the Bears. And that one loss, one of those losses was when he, like, exited the game, like, in the first quarter. He was, like, one of two at that time. So a guy that has 57 touchdowns and 10 picks in 20 (laughs) – you know, 26 games over a 13 year career. Want to know in the playoffs against them? Um, a, a dangerous team is a team that really has nothing to lose, like the Bears do. So they could just go and throw everything at the wall and see what's what sticks. Uh, Nagy, you know, the, the Bears are going to be revamping a bunch of stuff for this off season. So a lot of these bills, a lot of these Bears players are going to try to put some stuff on film. Probably, if they're in a contract you're to either stay there for bigger money or go somewhere else. So I think a lot of those players are going to be getting after Aaron Rodgers. You don't want – I mean, it's – these guys are, you know, competitors. And they're, like you said at the onset, you know, they're grown men playing a kid's game. But they also have a lot of pride. And they're, the Bears are going to come after Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the Packers really have everything to lose in this. You know what I mean? They're still jockeying to try to stay up there and get the number one seed, the, you know, first-round buy and everything. So uh, would I have done it? No. Maybe Rodgers is, 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 is using the media too. You know, trying to channel, I own you guys. Let's prove it again that I own the Bears. You know, it's, I don't know why you would want to pick a fight with somebody that you've, you've beaten up multiple times, but hey, that's, that's a rod for you, I guess. It is. I,
0: I, to me, I just felt like, okay, you're not a linebacker. Like you're, you're, you're the guy the linebackers are trying to hit. Like maybe just. <laughs> You know, yeah. that, that was just my thing. I said, I love it. I love the arrogance. I love people that are out there, but I just thought maybe not the smartest. Okay, now let's get to this Jamal Adams story. And and I got a lot here that I kind of put together. Yeah. And everybody knows who follows me on Twitter at DBN underscore Ray. I basically show you what my show is going to be based on the big long tweets I put out when I'm just screenshotting things and putting out information. Yep. Uh, but Ian Rappaport tweets out today, Seahawks Pro Bowl. Uh, safety Jamal Adams tore his labrum. He suffered additional significant shoulder damage on Sunday's win. Sources say he's having season ending surgery to repair it all. Same shoulders last year. Surgery uh a necessity. Uh Adams will make a full recovery for 2022. Now Dov Kleinman tweets, and I'm not usually a guy who, you know, looks at what Dov Kleinman says and takes it serious, but he made some good points. He said Seahawks gave three draft picks and a player to the Jets for Jamal Adams, including two first rounders. hmm They made him the richest safety in the NFL history at four years, seventy-two million dollars. Yep. Adams has zero sacks this year. He's ranked ninetieth out of ninety-seven in coverage, and he wasn't a top ten in the in in the run. I went over to I went over to PFF. His total defensive grade for this year sixty point one for a seventy-two million dollar player. His Mm. coverage grade? He's a safety. His coverage grade? 47.4. 47.4. Let me tell you how crazy this is, though. Okay. In 2018, PFF grades him at 89.8. 2019, 87.9. Here's his grades for 2020 and 2021. 2020, when he gets traded, 62.7. 2021, 60.1. So you gave up a ton of draft capital, you gave up a ton of money. Mm -hmm. that you could have spent in your offensive line and protected your franchise quarterback who now wants to run out of town because he's sick of losing and he's sick of just being nailed all the time. Could this go down as one of the top 10 worst trades in NFL history on obviously the Seahawks losing and and the Jets winning this trade significantly?
1: Uh, I don't know if you, I think time, this may be a little bit early to talk about this, because you still got a couple other things you know what's the first rounder next year going to be who's that who's that player going to be will that player be a bust will it be a, will it pan out for for the jets um if you look at it like you said um once he got traded in the year even though he had that PFF grade now i take PFF grades with a grain of salt sometimes because they're you know you can either you know, you can say this, that, and the third. But I did look up the I agree. PFF. Just so everybody knows, I yeah.
0: usually use PFF and player profiler. Um, I refuse to yep. get money to DVOA because they want way too much for DVOA stats. But <laughs> I use player profiler, I use PFF, and I use traditional stats, and I usually use a combination. For the prep today, though, it was just the the drop in PFF that I was looking at, to go from an 87 yeah, and 88 absolutely. to a 60. That's what, what I was using it for.
1: And I have the stats that I, I want to counter that with. Now, I just want to take this back to the Bills real quick. When the Buffalo Bills traded for, for Stephon Diggs, they were trading a first-round pick for a player that had four years left on his deal, and they can control that deal. So it kind of matched up, as you, know, as you guys know, first-round picks are four-year deals with a fifth-year option. So it was four-year deals. He only had one year left on his deal. When they traded for him. So, you know, you're going to have to resign him. In 12 games with Seattle, he had 83 tackles, nine and a half sacks, three pass defended, zero picks. Then they extended him on that alone. They said, okay, what you bought was a $72 million linebacker. You didn't buy a safety, you got a linebacker. And with those statistics over 12 games now, he had nine and a half sacks in 12 games. You, you got to extend it because you traded for him and you gave up all this capital. Now, the capital is the other thing I want to focus on was the fact that he gave up he gave up a first and a third. The Jets end up using that first, with it traded with Minnesota and gave that third to Minnesota along with their own third for Elijah Vera Tucker. Now, he has graded out as 58th out of 80 in the pass protection, 17th out of 80 in the run for a 36 overall as a rookie. Know from you, he came from USC. So, if you want to think about it in that respect to say, okay, they gave the first and the third that Seattle gave them for to move up for Vera Tucker. Now, we don't know the book still on a Vera Tucker because he just he just played his first year, He, he was drafted 14th overall. They moved up from 23rd, which was the Seattle pick. But I think time will tell once we see what that first round pick in 2022 will be, then you could say, okay, this is one of the worst this is one of the worst trades, you know, because you give up two first rounders, you thinking it's a quarterback. You, you don't usually give up two first rounders for a safety. I think, uh, Carol wanted to grab some of that magic from the Legion of boom and bring it back over. But you know, chancellor and, um, that other maniac back there, I can't Richards, remember his name, Richard Sherman,
0: uh, Michael. There was,
1: no, uh, the safety, it was with him. That was back oh, there. It was camp um, chancellor. And I can't Earl Thomas, can, Earl, Earl Thomas. Thomas. Those guys actually picked the ball off. <laughs> yes. So, uh, like I said if you if you graded if you graded him as a linebacker instead of a safety I think it would be a lot better but right now I just think it's trending toward one of the worst trades to give up two first round picks for but I don't think it's there yet because there's still some uh, x factors that are out there little
0: tidbit for everybody depending on how Mac Jones develops over the next few years there's a lot of strong rumors that the Patriots were going to take Elijah Tucker at 15 And Mm. when the Jets jumped to 14 to take him, that's when Mac Jones became their next pick. So if he turns out to be competitive and the Patriots are going to be that team. um, Yeah, no, Bill Belichick apparently believed he could go with Cam Newton this year and they would look for a quarterback next year. Like he thought that Cam could be the guy for them. Um, (laughs) But when the Jets jumped, they went with Mac Jones. That's the rumor. (laughs) Who knows? But that's the strong sense. That's just, you know, Belichick, he loves his offensive. Like for him, his offensive line always comes first. Right. And And he's uh, never
1: had a draft pick that high.
0: No. In a while. Like he's always in
1: the 28, 30 something range.
0: I think his last first round pick too was Nate Solder. He took in the first round, like offensive lineman. uh, Yeah. First round. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he was going to take Elijah Tucker and then um, they jumped. So he said, okay, we'll take, then they took Mac. So I don't know mm-hmm. if that's completely true. That's the rumor that's out there. But if it is, thank you, New York. Because if, if Mac works out, you guys, you know, <laughs> you're there. Okay. So I do got more Bill stuff. So let's get through this last non-Bill story. We'll get to the yeah. fan poll, which I think you'll be okay with the results, which you can't see anymore. But uh, <laughs> have you have you heard back yet? Can I, tell- I have not. I have just, not. You know what? I'm just not. so everybody knows. Yes. Hashtag sports Twitter account is suspended. Yep, because Mario told Connor, and you all know Connor, they were going back and forth about Bass and Folk, and he told Connor he was going to murder his blood, bloodline, and the and the the uh, the the, the AI sphere. the AI caught him and suspended <laughs> their account indefinitely. Connor has started a free hashtag. Um, campaign he's talked to uh what jim from from myspace tom. Tried to, tom tom sorry my... tom from myspace to get it done yeah connor connor's beat up about it connor like we back he messaged me that night when i told him he's like no that's bullshit i i thought it was hilarious but yeah so hashtag he liked Spanish. the tweet too that was the funniest thing he oh liked yeah no the tweet. him and i were like i called him the next day and it just it came up in our conversation we were <laughs> laughing about it and I was like, "Yeah, I'm like, uh, you got him, <laughs> you got him suspended over fucking kickers." All right, let's get let's get into this final story before we get into our last two bill stories. Yep. Yep. So I don't know if I'm overvaluing what happened this weekend, the Vikings losing to. Uh, the Lions and the Steelers beating the Ravens because divisional games and all that kind of stuff. I know weird stuff happens, yep. um, and but I also think the Lions are a better team than their record. They lost. I, I don't think they were a playoff team, but I think they really were a four or five six win team. They they lost a lot of close games. The Steelers are visiting Minnesota. No Adam Thielen, maybe no Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. and the Vikings are a three point favorite. And I'm again, I'm just weirded out. They officially said today that they're out. Um, Mike, Mike Zimmer the feeling is out. Mike Zimmer is coaching. It, it, he's going to be fired. He knows he's working on borrow time right now. They're probably going to have to blow the whole thing up, which is disappointing because I saw this tweet today and it made a lot of sense to me. It came from Benjamin Solak. He says, in theory, you should be able to build a winner from decent quarterbacking from Kirk Cousins, solid head coaching from Mike Zimmer and a good general manager and Rick Spielman, but Minnesota can't get over their mediocre hump. And now they're going to, the, you know, the blow up seems inevitable. And then you got to go up against Cam Hayward, who I think is one of the most underrated defensive tackles in the league with the amount of disruption that he brings. Mm-hmm. And you're now talking TJ Watt, who's going to surpass the amount of sacks his brother JJ had at the you know this point. I think right now they're tied for where JJ was with sacks. I saw today, where they were for sacks when JJ's second year finished. That's where TJ is now, oh, okay. or where or whatever. So, or not second year, whatever. They're there. Um, and then I saw this tweet again, which is I think opened up everything. And so the bedtime thought: the Steelers' two most important players are Big Ben and TJ Watt. They have players that they played well this year and in the past with no practice. Ben lives for those draw it up in the dirt and wing it situations. No time to prep for a Thursday game. I'm liking the Steelers, and it's true. Big Ben loves schoolyard football. Right? He does. No game plan. Let's just. Let's just He's not schoolyard
1: age anymore, though. That's the problem.
0: He's not, but I think if they can get the run game going, they can ground and pound it. And what I really liked about them with the Ravens last week that I didn't see for a couple weeks was they got their physicality back. They were getting their identity of who the Steelers are. Am I wrong to think that it should at least be an even spread? Like, I know the Vikings are the home team, but I just don't see them as the fate. Like, if I'm laying money, I'm taking the Steelers. Because I don't, like, I'm not putting three, I'm not giving the the Vikings three
1: points. Well, the Vikings have been the NFC version uh, of Jekyll and Hyde this year. I mean, they're five and seven. You look at, they beat Green Bay. They lose to Arizona by one. Yet, you beat Detroit by two and then lose to Detroit by two. And like you said those division games are always a little little, little wacky anyway. I mean, Google Monday night if you want to check that. But look at what Kirk Cousins has done this year. He's he's currently on pace, okay, to throw for 4700 yards, 35 touchdowns and four picks. Currently he has 3300 yards, 25 touchdowns and only three interceptions, 68% completion percentage. He said they said he's having a decent year, but last year Rodgers threw for 4300, 48 and 5. Your boy in 2017, threw for 4,500, 32 touchdowns, 8 picks. Had a 66% completion percentage. Like, he's throwing up. And then Brady also, and in 2010, he had 3,900 yards, 36 touchdowns, 4 picks, 66% completion percentage. So, he's putting up, offensively, similar numbers to former three former MVP years from quarterbacks. I am going to drop, though. For me, what? this was not
0: a Kirk Cousins issue.
1: No, no. What uh, I'm saying I've is, always I think they can that- score on anybody.
0: They can, That's, but no yeah. Adam Thielen,
1: no Dalvin Cook. That's
0: two big pieces.
1: Well, I will say Thielen is a big loss, but Madison has been in there, and he has gotten a lot of time with Cook being out. You know, it is. Throughout in the Vikings, his career and stuff.
0: In the Vikings' depth, they basically have three starting running backs. I understand that. Just yeah. Dalvin Cook yeah. he can be a game-changer at times, where Madison isn't a game-changer to me. He's a solid back, where... I think Dalvin Cook, if you're screwed, he can he can bust off. Just he can he can just start going crazy and average six yards of carry if he needs to. Not every game, but he can be a game changer. But I think Thielen's gonna be huge. I love Jefferson or Van yes. Jefferson. I, you know, I think he's great, but I think Thielen makes him better. It's always complimentary. He does.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think what well, what I was trying to get to is the fact that I think yeah. some of them high profile offenses, even with Thielen out of there, I think it's gonna be very tough for the Vikings. But I think they can put up enough points where you know, Steelers really aren't built to sc- score high volume of points. And I really think they're going to try to take advantage of the aggressiveness on that Steeler front. And then they're going to just, I think they're just going to try to, you know, put a lot of points on them. You know, I think that the Vikings could, could easily drop about 30 points on the Steelers and just make it a runaway. Oh, wow.
0: So you're yeah. okay with them being a three-point favorite? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it again- depends
1: who shows up, Jekyll or Hyde. Like, I don't yes. know who's going to show up.
0: And again, I, I, as I said, I don't know if I'm just overvaluing it. If it's because I think it's the same with the Steelers. Which Steelers team shows up? Is it going to be? The physical Steelers team that bruises you, or is it going to be the Steelers team that gives up 230 rushing yards, right? Like, and that's that's a big thing about the Steelers as well because they've showed times of winning in the trenches on both sides of the ball where they're running beautifully, where they're doing everything beautifully, and then they have times where they suck. And I think they they held the Ravens. I know the Ravens are struggling at running back, so Lamar Jackson they held them to 107 yards after giving up like 229, 270. Like it was, they actually played physical against Baltimore.
1: Yeah yeah I mean if you want to draw a comparable that the one that I where I was coming from the bills lost to the Jaguars nine to six and then hung 45 on the Jets. I yeah. know it's two different te- two different teams I understand that but that's the that's the Jekyll and Hyde that I was referring to you know as far as the Vikings are concerned okay let's look at the fan poll of the day. oh boy
0: so what I'll do is I'll I'll give you the fan poll I'll let you give your answer and then I'll tell you what the results were okay? The the question was, the Buffalo Bills will, and the options were win the AFC, win the AFC East, secure a wild, spark, a wild card spot, not make the playoffs. Okay. If you had to pick one, which one would you see more likely for the Buffalo Bills? Win the AFC, win the AFC East, secure a wild card spot, not make the playoffs.
1: My heart says secure a wild card spot but my head is saying that they're going to miss the playoffs.
0: Really? Yes. Well, the majority don't agree with you. Okay. Um, Nobody ever keep, does. Right? <laughs> keep in mind, though, keep in mind that a majority of my Twitter followers are Patriots fans. I do. Yes. I have been because of my time on DeanBlundell.com. I am starting to gain garner a more Buffalo Bills followers because I write a lot about the Bills on the website. 1.2% think they could win the AFC. That has to be a Bill fan. Yeah, 100 2. percent 2. think they can win the AFC East has to be the Bills fans. Okay, sixty seven point nine percent think you're going to secure a wild card spot, and only twenty eight point four think you won't make the, the Bills won't make the playoffs. Like so that. all sixty seven point nine believe it's secure a wild card spot, and I believe when I look at the not make the playoffs, I am going to add in that I think some of that is just people hating on the Bills. You know, just hating yeah, fans it's just hating on the Bills. So I think I, if I was going to kind of give you a a number, I'd probably say seventy percent probably believe you'll win a, a, a wild card spot. So do you, I know you're, so I'm really interested now. You say your heart says secure a wild card spot. Are you just in purgatory at the moment because of Monday night's game? Or I could be
1: a little bit of a prisoner of the moment, Ray. I know that could probably be something that's going on right now. Um, And maybe some of those Patriots fans are prisoner of the moment, you know, talking about, you know, maybe voting against, it, they won't make the playoffs, but you dug yourself a great, a great big hole here. Now, if I could try to run it by the numbers, here's what I did. Bills are seven and five. They're five and five in the conference, which is the worst thing to be right now. You got the Bucs, Panthers, Pats, Falcons, and Jets. Okay. I have them beating the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets. The two biggest wild cards in there is the Bucs and the Pats. You could stand to lose against the Bucs. I'm not saying you're not, you're going to need help either way. Even if they run the table, you're going to need some help. Okay. The chargers are five and three in the conference, seven and five. Overall, they play the chiefs. You got you got to hope the Chiefs beat them. You got to hope a lot of these division winners or division leaders beat these teams that are there. Another team that's ahead of them are the Bengals, which are five and three in the conference as well. You got to have the Ravens and Chiefs beat the Bengals. Okay. Now, below them, Bills are in the seventh spot right now. Below them, you have the Colts, which I think you said the Dolphins. I say the I think the Colts are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They are but, they are. And next Sunday's game with both teams coming off the bye, Patriots Colts,
0: you're almost cheering for the Patriots if you're a Bills fan because then you're so you're in a situation as a Bills fan that we were as Patriot fans. I remember sitting back going, "Do we cheer for the Bills to beat the Colts because they knock a team that's closer to us for that wild card spot out of the way, yeah? Or do you cheer for the Colts?" And my basic reaction was: is if you believe if you believe the Patriots can win the AFC East. Then you cheer for the Colts. If you believe they can't, yeah. then you have to cheer for the Bills here and keep yeah. the Colts further and further away from from us or from the Patriots. Yeah. Now it's, you're almost at a point where you're going. The AFC East is kind of creeping a little bit away, especially if you drop to Tampa. You know, yeah, if, if, the, I, if, the, I, if the Bills drop to Tampa, then you're almost a Patriots fan when they play the Colts.
1: At this point, right now, I've conceded the division. This is where wow. I'm coming from on this. I've conceded wow. the division. You are definitely I, I, prisoner of the moment. You are definitely I, prisoner of the well, moment. Well, you know, but then then you look at it. The Colts also have to play. They have to play the Pats, and then they're at Arizona, which is going to be tough. Yeah. And then the Steelers, who are four and four in the conference, still got one less loss than the Bills. Uh, they got to play the Chiefs. We well, just talked about them playing the Vikings, and they got to play the Titans. So those are the two teams behind them. The two teams ahead of them. They they both play the Chiefs, and then the, and the Bengals play the Ravens. So in that respect, you're not going to have you're not going to have the, the comfort of playing in, in your own house, which the Buffalo Bills are three and three at home this year anyway. So it's not like it's an advantage. We saw what happened playing at home with the wind, you know, with, you know, Buffalo's reluctancy to throw into that wind and a couple of those passes, you know, the back shoulder throw to digs was the one that on a, on a clear day, I think he catches that, you know, but I just think the wind took it. But the point is the Bills, We were talking about this against the run. Can they do anything against the run? They play teams that are 25th, 16th, 6th, which is the Pats, 28th and 31st in run offense. Don't go too heavy into the run. No, I just wanted to say that. But that favors them because they are built more to cover teams in the receivers in the past. But then you look at that wild card of Tredavious White's not there. So how is that going to be? This week's going to be the test in how that secondary is going to adjust without Travis White. So let's look a little bit at that Buffalo Bills run game. It's been talked about a lot. I'm going to
0: just, I have a lot on it here, and then I'm going to kind of give you what I came up with, and then I'm going to let you go. But every commentary analysis and everything I heard this week has been about the Bills run defense. So Shannon Sharp says, uh, quote, the running game and the defense is why they won. Obviously, considering the Patriots, people will say Belichick took the, the ball out of Max's hands, but I w- why throw it if you can't stop the run? Obviously, referring to the Buffalo Bills. Good morning football comes today. day. Kyle Brand says, I think it was soul crushing. I don't think it's season ending. The Bills aren't out of it, but they have to figure out a way to stop the run. Uh, over on ESPN, Marcus Spears says the Patriots dominated the run game against the Bills, and it gave Marcus Spears spl- flashbacks, quote, all I saw last night was a team that couldn't stop the run. I was having nightmares. I've been there. Now you're going to go up against Tampa Bay. The Buffalo Bills are going to go up against Tampa Bay, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, like, well, you don't have to worry about the run game there. It's Tom Brady. He's going to be throwing to Mike Evans. I'm not sure about Chris Godwin's uh, availability for this week. I haven't seen it yet. I know he got banged up but mm-hmm. you still got Gronk. he's still got a lot of weapons that are still yep. on the field. However, even though he's not having a pro bowl type season, Leonard Fournette is still a guy who at times can put some damage on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask the Indianapolis Colts, ask the Miami dolphins where he averaged 5.9 and 5.6 yards per carry. He's all still averaging 4.4 yards per carry. So, if the Bills were to say, go all out and take the pass away from them, Bruce Arians could turn around as they like, they did against the Colts where the Colts were really kind of good at kind of neutralizing the, the passing game. And he turned into what they call playoff Benny, right. And just, pay a playoff Lenny, hand the football off to him and just watch him run down your throat as a Bills fan. How much does that concern you? And even down this stretch, you may not be going up against those run heavy teams, but you could have to, the pills could have to face the Patriots again, or heading into the playoffs into mm-hmm. the, in the, in the playoffs. How do the bills, when you look at this makeup of this roster and you know it better than anybody I'm going to have on here, how, how do you consistently, because you went from being one of the best run teams in the defenses league, which you always said was unbalanced. You, 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 you said it was a little, the stat was skewed. Yeah, how did you, how did how did you go though from how did the Bills go from being there to the Colts and the Patriots two run teams I mean just uh, Mac Jones took three passes and Jonathan Taylor made you look you know made dummies out of your out of your defense how do you, how well, do you guys stop that
1: not notwithstanding the win from Monday night Belichick knows how potent this offense is and how they could score at will The one thing that the Buffalo Bills have to try to do and how they were quote unquote built is the fact that they sc- they're built to put up points to make other teams one dimensional to throw the ball against them Okay. However, when you do that with the Bucks, they can throw the ball. They can pepper the ball around the field, and they can score on you at will. The Bills, in order to try to take Fournette out of the game as far as a running aspect, have to get up and have to get up early, and they have to try to score tons of points, which they haven't done. That's why I said that it was skewed initially with their run defense was because teams weren't running on them because they couldn't. You look at Houston, you look at Washington, you look at all these teams that would probably want to run the ball they couldn't because the Buffalo Bills got up so early on them that they couldn't run the ball. Belichick knew that better than anybody how how potent this offense could um, could score it well. Now he may have taken you know the ghosts from Super Bowl twenty five and said, you know what, if we have the ball as, my, as much as they have the ball, we're going to get killed. So he purposely you know ran the ball because that's where the weakness of the Buffalo Bills defense is. And you were able to secure the clock and run time off the clock and keep that offense and 17 off the field. That's what teams – Paul and I said coming into this year where they were going to try to limit the possessions of the Buffalo Bills and keep 17 on the bench. Why well, how do you do that? You run the ball. Buffalo Bills equip their defense to play the pass more than the run. So unless you plan on coming out and you know scoring 14 on your first two drives to try to put a little bit of pressure on the Bucks. It could be a very very long day, but uh, I mean for the Buffalo Bills, that's why I, I kind of you know it's you're between a rock and a hard place. That's why I had a loss going to going to the Bucks, especially with Tre'Davious White out and all those offensive weapons they have. And then you know going through, um, you you, you play the Panthers who don't have McCaffrey and they're 16th against the, 16th running the ball. You got to play the Pats again, so you got to try to flip that game, a turnover which the Pats don't do. You got to try to get get up early. And then you got the Falcons and Jets, which are 28th and 31st rush, running the ball. So that's why I kind of tailored my wins toward that with, with the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets. But you know, to you know, to kind of put a nice little bow on this is the fact that you got to do something before the playoffs. Because if you look at the teams that are going into the playoffs, they have excellent running backs. Look at the Ravens for crying out loud. I mean, you expect the Buffalo Bills to go into the playoffs and play against the Ravens even though they beat them last year and and you expect to stop the run in the playoffs. Like this isn't the, this isn't the 2005 Colts where they were 32nd against the run in the NFL and then end up becoming the steel curtain. You know, that's not how this works. So I don't know.
0: I don't know. So, that, I, <laughs> so that's <laughs> it for my, my major stories. I do, before we wrap yeah. this up, I do have a couple kind of quick rapid questions. I want to ask you that I thought about a couple times this week, was it a mistake for the Bills to defer after winning the coin toss on on Monday night? Because I thought about it when the game when it came down to the crunch time, and you guys were and the Bills were working the field, and you, you talk about that Stephon Diggs throw. Basically couldn't work the right side of the field because that was what was happening with the football. Do you think that it was a mistake to defer and that they should have deferred to the Patriots and had control of? a field possession in the second half rather
1: than, than getting the ball in the second half. Well, they had the ball. They had the ball in the first quarter. So I think their thought process was, you know, they kicked off in the first quarter. No, I'm saying they kicked off, but they had the wind. They had the wind at their backs in in that respect. So you knew that the Patriots were going to have it in the fourth. So I hope my, my guess is that they were going to try to go with the formula that has been working all year and try to get up early enough on the Patriots with the win, 15 minutes with the wind. Maybe you go up 10 nothing. Maybe you go up 14 nothing. Who knows? You don't expect the field and the score to flip where you're down eight nothing on a 60 yard run touchdown run. Mm-hmm. And you know because they were loading the box up, they were trying to linebackers were over pursuing. That's a whole another story. But the point was, I think the Buffalo Bills wanted to try to make Mac Jones throw the ball into that wind and make him throw for the rest of the night, which you you detailed and said they never made him throw. They never yep. made him to have to be a passer. They, the game was so tight the entire the entire game, uh, run was always on the table for the Pats. And two hundred twenty-two yards later, after forty-nine carries or whatever, <laughs> we saw the result. Now here's an interesting
0: coaching strategy that I I thought about this week, um, and Belichick made mention of one other thing, and it made me go further. So despite the wind happening we saw josh allen throw the ball 30 times yeah right now however i understand that this is going to be a week 15 game there's 13 weeks of tape for both teams prior to this game there's lots of tape to watch this film as you said on your post game is getting thrown out the colts aren't looking at it however there's one there's there's a big thing and i'm wondering especially when you have divisional games because one of the advantages of game two is you played game one right yeah. how did they attack us here how did they take advantage of this here how do they take it there prior to that game you and i talked how are they going to attack the how are the patriots going to attack the bills without Tradavius white right like how are they going to attack that side of the field the bills didn't see that Mm-mm. the bills know nothing i mean against them they know from the tape but they know nothing about the patriots passing plays You know what I mean? Like the Patriots pass offense that they would have had ready for that game could be the exact same pass offense they bring into the game in Gillette Stadium, which I still expect to be a run heavy game for the Patriots. Yeah. But the Bills did show Bill Belichick in person. And I think as a coach, seeing it against your team to not against your team is there's a difference. Not necessarily how Josh Allen throws the ball. We all know how Josh Allen throws the ball. Josh Allen is is a machine. But routes, you know what I mean? How the guys run the routes, the tendencies to this and that. Do you think that's advantage Belichick going into the second game that the Bills didn't even see them pass it? You know They saw three passes against them, and all they saw was run, and the Bills kind of did tip their hand a little bit to what they want to try to do
1: against the Patriots' defense? I don't know if you had the full gamut of the Buffalo Bills' offense with that. I think there was some hesitation to try to run certain plays. Uh, I didn't see the entire gamut of the offense, and obviously I watched the Bills all year. I didn't yeah. see – there were certain plays that – Matt Breida had one carry for three yards and then he got yanked after he fumbled. So he has been an integral part of some of the explosive plays that the Buffalo bills have had over the last uh, two, three weeks. So I think it, it may be an advantage for the Buffalo bills because you've seen every single run play that the new England Patriots will probably try to bring into Gillette stadium. It's in funny. Respect.
0: And I'm sorry to, to cut you up. It's funny. You say that, <coughs> excuse me, but I was watching, I rewatched the game. Mm-hmm. You didn't. The Bills didn't see close to even what the regular pay the Patriots ran up the gut strong football for most of that game. That's <laughs> that's not the Patriots run game. That's the thing. Like I rewatched that game.
1: He attacked the weakness. That's what Bill does. You guys you guys know that better than anybody. He attacked the that was with the weakness of the Buffalo Bills defense. Somebody tweeted out the tech mobile four plays and said this is what the New England Patriots beat the Bills using.
0: They do what you saw a little bit was in the first quarter, uh, on a couple of the end arounds. You know what I mean? The jet sweep, yeah, uh the toss. They did a little bit of that in the first quarter. None of it in the second quarter. The Patriots, and I think they realized on that toss to Harris just how dangerous that wind was because that's why that ball fumbled. It just sailed, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's funny. The Patriots like to throw a lot of screens, and they mix their run game. It wasn't even like the gauntlet of the run game. You didn't see half their playbook when it came to the run game. That's the yeah. thing. It it's you really... didn't need to.
1: You really didn't need to.
0: No, but you will the next game, I bet yeah. you. And yeah. it's funny. I said to someone, someone says, do you think that Belichick's going to take the same approach? Like, obviously not um three passes i said yeah. yeah though i said yeah i mean the patriots take the same approach of every game though they run the football i said but it wouldn't shock me if if mac jones came out and threw 10 times to start the game you know what i mean like that it. that's just a belichick thing right as everybody loads up the box he just starts throwing the ball all over the field and then when you guys when the bills start spreading back out he starts running the football again and goes back to his regular offense right i said but um yeah, dude, uh, it was it was a weird, strange game. I, I was on Dean Blondell. I was on the Dean Blondell show yesterday. Um, they invited me on to talk about the game. He's a Bills fan. Yeah, and he was just like, Fucking explain this game to me. He's <laughs> like, and I said the I thought about it over and over and over again for like hours, even the next day, because people are texting me, like, give me your take. And I'm like, like, just friends of mine. And I finally just like the, the line I came with, and I wonder how you think about it. I just wrote, the Patriots game plan was so predictable, it became unpredictable. Because you're just sitting there, especially in the fourth quarter, like, okay, now they're going to throw the football. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure even, like, McDermott's like, okay, at some point, this fucking guy has to throw the football. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's thrown at one. Like, Mac Jones had was one for one going into the fourth quarter. One for one going into the fourth. He threw the other two passes on their final possession outside of when they were just taking taking knees. Mm-hmm. Um, which an injury screwed you guys as well because the Patriots would have had to punt the football to you and at least put in the position to have to punt the football and uh, the injury took time off the clock.
1: Yeah, which was weird to me because I saw Matt Milano on the field. They said Matt Milano was hurt. And I'm like, <laughs> he's standing in the huddle. How's he hurt?
0: I'll tell you what though, I could not take any more wind puns or references from that. Um, I usually watch Monday Night Manning. But for the like for that game, I was like, I'll watch the regular broadcast. I don't want Monday Night Manning. But like yeah, yeah. I realized that game why I watched Monday night manning, because I'm not a fan of that crew, man. Just uh yeah, not a fan of the Monday Night Crew. Mario, yeah. man, I appreciate you coming on. Guys, that is it for talking football with Ray. Thanks a lot to Mario for coming on. Make sure that you go check out hashtag sports YouTube channel. Links are in the description. Uh, I tell you to check out the Twitter page, but it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I'll be discussing football with my Thursday night co-host, Mike N. You can find all my content all over the Internet. Find me on YouTube, Twitter, Newsbreak, Patreon, all the podcast networks, you know, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And, of course, you can find the podcast and my blogs over at DeanBlundell.com. Also, go to DeanBlundell.com or go to deanblundell YouTube page team on tv go check out my appearance with him yesterday also go over to hashtag sports watch my post game with uh mario and paul Uh, and it was my first time ever after two years of collaborating my first time ever uh, talking to paul i never met paul before before uh the post game he (laughs) is is. i like him better than you that's Uh, true (laughs) Guys, make sure that you check out my both my YouTube channels, Talking Football with Ray. That's the flagship. And NFL News with Ray. And make sure you check out my exclusive content on the Ray Rail Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash sports. Links are in the threads and descriptions. No matter how you're watching, listening to this show, make sure you hit that like button. If you haven't already, follow me on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on the podcast. Thank you to my sponsors over at Newsbreak. Make sure that you go down and support this channel and the podcast by downloading the app from the free link that I left in the description. And until next time, thanks for listening to Talking Football with Ray. And remember, you're all legit, kid.